I don't have any responsibility to be perfect yeah. uh, as a parent. Jesus did that for me, yeah. right? He was perfect. He covers yeah. me with his righteousness. I can, I can rest yes. in that. Well, hey there, Woodside family, and for all of our friends who tune in, welcome to another edition of The Link. I am so excited that you've joined us today. You know, sometimes I'm fired up because of the guests we have here on The Link. Other times I'm fired up because of the topic. Today, it's both. We have some tremendous guests and a really relevant topic I think is going to speak to your hearts about how to be a spiritual leader in your home. Before I get to that, I just want to acknowledge that we have an incredible team that helps to produce uh, these episodes of The Link, and they think through guests and help me to identify topics and to produce this takes a lot of work. One of those team members who's really valued and cherished in our heart, Jordan, is going to be moving on to another position. So this is Jordan's official last episode of The Link, but I just want to acknowledge how incredible our team is and to say thank you to Jordan. But when you think of a spiritual leader in your home, what comes to mind? Well, a lot of it has to do with the type of home composition you have. We recognize that homes come in all shapes and sizes. For the Brooks home, there are five kids. Count them, one, two, three, four, five. My wife and myself and my mother-in-law is there as well. So that means we have a multi-generational family, kids at all stages and phases of life. So being a spiritual leader is complicated. Maybe you're a single parent and it's complicated for you there. Or maybe you're in a marriage or family setting where you're not on the same page spiritually. Well, today we wanna to talk about what is spiritual leadership and how do we live it out in a very difficult culture. Joining me to have this important conversation is Lauren Frith. We appreciate you so much, Lauren. Lauren is not a stranger. Uh, to the link. She oversees life groups at the Rolo campus and is one of our, our key leaders here at Woodside. Lauren, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Greg. Thanks for joining me. And new to the link is uh, Pastor Fick Ray Prince. Uh, pastor Fick Ray is our newest campus pastor. He uh, oversees our Detroit campus, and we are so excited about the leadership he brings not only to our campus, but to the city as well. His wife is Lakeisha, five awesome kids, and uh, I appreciate you joining me. Thanks for joining me. Glad to be here. All right, Lauren, I'll start with you. Uh, when you think of spiritual leadership, uh, what is it? How would you define it? Yeah, I think it's one of those things that can feel overwhelming yeah. until you really look at Scripture and say, what does it say about spiritual leadership? You know, Paul in the New Testament was one of the greatest spiritual leaders uh, in Scripture. And, and single, what, by the way. And single, that's right, <laughs> exactly. But he had so many spiritual children, yes. right? And what he told them in 1 Corinthians was, follow me as I follow Christ, yeah. or be imitators of me as I imitate Christ. Yeah. So I think at the very basic level, it's you as a, the spiritual leader following hard after Jesus and doing it out loud so people around you can yes. follow you, right? Yeah. Jesus said in Luke uh, that out of the overflow of the heart, yes. the mouth speaks. So when you look back at one of God's earliest commandments to the Israelites in Deuteronomy, he said, love me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, mm. and then let my commands be on your heart. Yes. Because he knows that what's on our heart is going to come out of our mouth. And then he turned around and said immediately, now, 
since that's on your heart, talk about these things yeah. when you sit and when you rise, when you're walking along the way, talk about them with your children. So when we talk about being a spiritual leader, you know, we, we're going to talk about a lot of practical things that, that we can do and what that can look like in our home. But really, it's not a formula. Yeah. It's a relationship, right? Yeah. Where we are following Christ and we want to lead those around us to, to love Jesus as well. You know what I love about the way you just described that is that your focus was on direction instead of perfection. I think that a lot of times when you think of spiritual leadership, we equate it in our minds, I have to be this perfect model of Christ, which none of us are. But I love that your focus is on pursuit, uh, the pursuit of God through his word on our hearts in relationship. I think that as we model that, that's spiritual leadership. And Pastor Fickray, sometimes that uh, is success. Sometimes that is modeled through repentance as we confess our failures to our family, um, but all of it comes from the Word of God. So when you look at Scripture, what are some examples you see of spiritual leadership in the home? I, I again, would point back to Deuteronomy. I think that's one of the foundational scriptures you have to go to uh, just to how to set that up. But one of the things that has always spoken out to me, and it wasn't necessarily in a biological sense, uh, but what Priscilla and Aquila did with Apollos and bringing him into their home to make sure that his doctrine was correct, it was intense personal time uh, spent to make sure that he was growing and teaching uh, the right things. And I think that's the, the same method we take with the children God has given us, whether it's spiritual children, uh, biological children, there we have to take that intense time to make sure that they're thinking, that they're speaking, that they're doing um, is modeled correctly uh, for us. And going back to that Deuteronomy chapter six, you know, as you see a home set up in that way to provoke conversation, yeah. uh, you know, when you write these things on your gates, that you keep it in front of your eyes all the time. Your children grow up from the age of, you know, one, two, three years old. They'll start to catch hey, that's a scripture on the wall. What does that scripture mean? Hey, mom, I always notice that you bow your head before you uh, eat your food. What does that mean? Those rhythms that you have in your home yeah. uh, come from yeah, that Deuteronomy chapter six. I think those are some of the, the foundational ways that we can see that. Yeah, I mean, obviously the Bible from Genesis to Revelation is full of people who did it well. And we also see people who did not do it well. I mean, I, I even think about Abraham and attention that starts with uh, Isaac and, uh, and Ishmael, and even now how that plays out in the Middle East as we see that playing out to, to this day. So our failure to lead spiritually can have long-term consequences. Uh, and also, if we do it right, God says, I bless to a thousand generations those who love me. So there's, there's great reward there. I'm just gonna be honest and say it's hard. It is so hard. I mean, I think about uh, the season of life that we're in right now. I mentioned it in the introduction. How do you do a devotional for a six-year-old uh, like my daughter Sophia to a 15-year-old like my daughter Zoe? How do, you, how do you find something that's perfect for them? And, and then uh, how do I make sure that me and my wife are on the same page leading together? So if you're struggling to walk this out, just know we're fellow sojourners in that, but again, I think it is a matter of the heart and saying, I want to pursue Christ and I wanna make sure I'm intentional about that for my family as well. Uh, Lauren, when you think about this from a, from a woman's perspective, what does it mean to be a spiritual leader as a woman in your home? Sure, yeah, I think, um, I think if we take that definition of I'm following Christ, 
and I'm living that out loud yeah. uh, to those around me, I think that's going to have an impact on, on my behavior and my words, right? Yeah. So as I think about how do I live this out, you know, one way to think of it is, if Jesus was here tonight, how would he respond to my husband? How would he respond to my children, yeah. to my roommate, right? Yeah. And so when I have that mindset, um, then there's going to be a lot more love and a lot more humility. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be quicker to apologize yes. uh, and, and seek forgiveness. Um, I'm going to uh, live out compassion. I'm going to feel compassion and show compassion for my neighbors and my coworkers mm -hmm. and in a way that my family can see and participate in. So. So imitating Christ affects everything that I do. And as I do those things in the invitation of Christ, that's going to be leading my family to Jesus. It also affects how I speak. And, you know, you, you had mentioned it, but, but I think, you know, just being transparent yes. about what God is doing in my heart, yeah. um, whether that's, hey, I'm, I blew it today and I messed up and here's how God's grace covered that. Or, wow, I was reading scripture and I never noticed this about who God is. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Or we're driving in the car, right? We have lots of time in the car with our families and driving in the car and, and passing something and being like, oh, I wonder what God thinks about that. What do you guys think? You know, yeah. but just pulling in that conversation. So when, when he is primary in my heart and in my focus, that's going to trickle out into my words. And, and sometimes it's going to look like a formal sit-down devotion. I like to do it around a meal sometimes and open the Bible with my children. And that can be with my husband. Sometimes he reads, sometimes I read, yeah. sometimes we have family conversations. Um, I don't rely on him to, to lead out everything in our mm -hmm. home as, as my husband. I think this is something that if it's just part of my natural conversation of what God's doing on my heart, it's going to bubble over um, mm -hmm. in, any, in any and every context, right? And, yeah. um, and I think that can, uh, that can happen no matter your family dynamic. Okay, so I know your children, and they're perfect. They're not perfect. I know your husband, and he's just south of perfect. So talk to the person who has a dysfunctional home. Talk to the person who may not have uh, that uh, spouse who's in it together. Does anything change about your answer or the way you would respond to someone who's in a difficult marriage? Sure. Um, absolutely. Uh, you know, speaking about Jesus may not be met with, um, it may be met with ire yeah. and it may stir up anger yeah. and it may actually stir up more discord, um, than, than you want to be there. You know, the Bible also says live it as far as it depends on you, live at peace, yes. you know, with yes. all people. And so don't, we don't want to, uh, be warriors brandishing the name of Jesus, um, yeah. at the expense of peace in our home. Right. Um, and so, and so at that point, we, we imitate Jesus. We yes. act like Jesus acted. Yeah. And in the face of, in the face of opposition, mm -hmm. um, he was mild and he was meek and yeah. he did not fight back, right? It's, n it's not a battle that we have to win. It's a, um, you know, that song, oh, man, I love that song where it's, when I fight, I fight on my knees, yeah. right? And so that's where the battle takes place. Um, between me and the Lord on my knees, as I lift up my children, as I lift up my husband, as I lift up even those that are far from him and yes. walking from him, that's where the battle takes place. And then when I'm with them, I don't need to fight. I just need to love the way Jesus loved them. Yeah. And that's going to point them to Jesus, even if I don't say a word.
You know, that's really good. And I love that the Bible doesn't shy away from these types of scenarios. The Bible is in Pollyanna. It really deals with real life. And so if you are a wife and you are married to a husband who doesn't believe the word, well, praise God, 1 Peter 3, 1 through 7, speaks specifically to you and gives you instructions on how to relate to that guy. But I will simply say, and I would say to guys as well, if you're married to a wife, who is in, uh, a believer in the word. Scripture speaks to you as well, 1 Corinthians chapter 7. But I'll simply say this, that um, hopefully what the unbelieving spouse sees from the believing spouse is that your relationship with Jesus causes you to love me more, not argue with me more, not be more contentious, more difficult, more resentful. Hopefully they are attracted to Christ because of the character and the behavior that they see. And I will you. say that's not always going to happen perfectly yeah, because we're yeah. human, right? But yeah. I think I think um, coming back to someone when you've wronged them yes. in humility to say, I'm sorry, that's right. not how I wanted to treat you, right? That's times. right, that's right. right. And and right. The, and even even repenting of sin in front of that person, asking forgiveness can point them to Jesus yeah. if your initial example did not. That humility. <laughs> that's right. All right, Thick Ray, uh, from the men, obviously the stakes are high. There's a ton of uh, scripture that's out there. But when you think about being a spiritual leader as a man in your home, uh, what comes to mind? What advice do you want to give to other men? Uh, I think definitely it's, it's just a matter of um, taking a point of humility, uh, recognizing that the responsibility of salvation is on the Lord. It's not on you. Um, the responsibility of modeling uh, and following the Lord personally, that's, that's me. Yeah. Uh, and so you know, I would say curating what's happening inside of your house, that's your responsibility. Yeah. Dictating what happens and when it happens and who does what and, and those types of things. I mean, there's a very fine line in, in, in those things, uh, but I don't feel like it has to be, you know, my responsibility every single day, every single night to be doing those things. That's not necessarily the leadership side. Um, what is the leadership side is making sure my children know that I care about their spiritual growth. Uh, being involved in them finding the Bible, picking out a Bible, uh, reading a Bible consistently with them, um, seeing them uh, or seeing me um, with my wife reading the Bible, uh, praying together, you know, so that it provokes them to question. Yeah. Uh, if I take too much of that responsibility of for their salvation upon myself, yes. then I could potentially be pushing them away yeah. uh, from the Lord. He is yeah. their savior. And I think that was one of the harder things for, for me to learn um, as my kids are pretty, pretty spread out, uh, as you know, you know, and in each stage, it's very different where I'm trying to provoke a curiosity of God with my younger three. Uh, I'm trying to um, provoke a, uh, a thought of, of who God is and how we interact with him in my teenager. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm trying to just be that pillar and model for my adult son. You know, so that when he looks at his life and he looks at my life, he can see where Christ is the difference. Yeah. Uh, and so at each stage, it's something very different. Uh, and I try to be very soft handed with it and trust the Lord. God, you are going to send people into their lives that can uh, that can bless them. My relationship with the Lord came from someone outside of our home. Uh, and so I have to trust the Lord that sometimes that can happen. Uh, that can happen as well. Uh, I would love to be able to lead each one of my children to the Lord, and, and that would be awesome. But God is, has, has a bigger plan that he's writing in the midst of this, and, and I have to lean back on that. 
Yeah, I mean, so much that you said that resonates with me as a uh, as a husband and as a father. Honestly, one of the areas that's most difficult is trusting God for His work of grace in their lives without grading my myself on um, how I've done as a spiritual leader based off of their response to the gospel and their behavior. So much of that is personalized. And I would imagine it's true for moms as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, as you see your, your children grow through phases and stages where maybe they're not following the Lord or even the things you've taught them to not take that personally. But salvation does belong to the Lord. And the same faith I, I need in trusting that the finished work of the cross is redemptive in my life is the same faith and trust I need that he will be at work in their lives as well. And so much of what I heard you talk about was modeling, that my responsibility, hopefully, if I, if I, um, if I can pray for anything when my kids leave my house, is that they saw their dead worshiping God, walking with Christ, and being sensitive to the leadership of the Spirit in my life. But there's another thing you said that I really think is important, and that is, you know, you talked about the phases of development we go through as people. And so we should anticipate that faith development will go through its various phases and stages. And as our children form their own faith, there's going to be seasons where that is coupled with questioning, uh, doubt, pushing the edges of the envelope, um, forming their faith in a way that maybe is different than the way we did in our generation. Now I'm sounding old. <laughs> but, but all of that is, um, is in God's hands. And I like to say this as a parent, that to me the definition of parenting uh, is I get a front row seat to what God is doing in the life of my children. Yeah. But yeah. ultimately it belongs to him. I think in a lot of ways um, as, as a parent, uh, we, we take our responsibility to protect our children um, physically and spiritually, you know, uh, very seriously, yeah. as we should. Uh, but at the same time, as we consider how we came to faith, and a lot of times it was the struggles that we had to endure. That's true. Uh, and so in the process of protecting our children from life and from struggle, you know, sometimes those are the things that yeah. would push them towards God and yeah. understand, I need him. I, I need it and, and it makes the scriptures come alive That's really good. through the struggle. Yeah, you know, I, you know my passion for apologetics, those who know my ministry know that, and that really came out of a season of doubt, questioning and challenge for me. So I see the fruit of that. I'll just say one thing about uh, marriage uh, from a male's perspective, helping to provide spiritual leadership for your wife. The Bible calls us as men, 1 Corinthians 11, to be coverings for our wives. And I think that that can manifest itself best as an intercessor. I want to see myself as the CIO for my family, the chief intercessory officer for my family. And when it comes to my wife, part of what I want to do is to make sure I am in tune with her prayer needs and that she sees and knows that man, my husband is waking up early, staying up late, praying for me, praying for our family, and so I, I just see that as, you know, obviously there's a leading in the word, just a modeling and all of those things. But I don't want to forget uh, my dependency on the Lord and my priority to pray for her 
consistently as her husband. Hopefully I'm covering her in that way so that as she starts her day, she knows that, man, I've been covered in prayer uh, by my husband uh, today. What, what is, what is uh, spiritual leadership not? I don't even know if I asked that the right way. That's a <laughs> double negative. But if we had to say, this is the wrong view of spiritual leadership, uh, Fikre and Lauren, what would you say? I'll start with you, Fikre. Uh, I would say spiritual leadership is uh, not my way or the highway. Uh, it is, um, I think you, you said it best, Lauren, looking at the way that Jesus led the disciples. Um, and at that point, he's, he's leading men and women, but he's doing the same thing. So looking at um, how he was very firm when it came to the things of the Lord, when it came to the things of the, the Father specifically spoke to, when it came to the issues of the heart, he was very soft in, in, in rebuking them to, yeah. uh, to turn from those particular ways. And so, you know, having that same model, uh, I think is really important. It's, it's not um, a regiment or it's not a uh, consistent, you know, just because we wake up at 6 a.m. in the morning you know, every single day, that's not spiritual, just spiritual leadership, formula. you know, right. There, there is no specific formula. And as your family changes over time, uh, as your household changes, let me say that, because if it's, if you don't have children, if you're not married, as your household changes over time, then your spiritual leadership may change over time. Yeah. You know, if you're in a house with four other guys, like my oldest son, you know, that may look one way, but yeah. you know, in uh, a, a new marriage that may look a different way. Yeah. Yeah. Lauren, yeah, what uh, caution would you give? Yeah, I think um, I think just what we've said here and uh, what you mentioned before is the caution against taking responsibility for what is not ours. Yeah. Um, and I think you know, first of all, I don't have any responsibility to be perfect. Yeah. Uh, as a parent, Jesus did that for me. Yeah. Right. He was perfect. He covers yeah. me with His righteousness. I can I can rest yes. in that. And yes. I I love you know just how you put it at the beginning and in. in if my direction is Christ, yes. then I'm, there's no responsibility for perfection. So I think that we have to give ourselves grace yes. daily, over and over as parents. Yeah. Um, we're not gonna do this perfectly. We're gonna start some things. We're not gonna finish some things. We're gonna, it's okay, yeah. right? It's okay, the direction is Jesus. And so we always need to be moving in that direction. And then I think, you know, just to echo, it's not formulaic. Um, just because, again, you start a devotional with your children and you never finish the book. That's okay. Yes, yes. You know, I was a public school teacher for seven. <laughs> We've all been there. That's happy. Uh, <laughs> that's, right. uh, that's Good right. intentions. <laughs> Best of intentions. I was a public school teacher for many years, and uh, we talked always about having a literary rich classroom, yeah. that if you're telling children you need to read and the best way to learn is to read yeah. and we want you reading all the time, then you better provide a lot of reading material, right? Yes. You have a lot of books and you have posters everywhere. And, um, and similar to what Fikre was saying at the beginning about Deuteronomy 6, you know, God knows that. Yes. And if we want to have a biblically rich household, a, a household that is constantly pursuing Jesus, we don't need to do it perfectly and have all the right resources, but to provide resources, yes. to be at the fingertips for our children, age appropriate, yeah. children's Bibles, devotionals, Bible verses posted, songs and CDs, you know, to just provide that. Yeah. Uh, for our children have a biblically rich household, I think is, is a, moving in the right direction. And looking for opportunities for a relationship to start. But I love that Jesus did best is inviting the disciples to do life with him. And it's in that process of doing life together that um, so many great conversations take place. I had it 
an older mentor who once told me that we uh, sometimes parent in reverse. We're very uh, loose with our kids when they're young and then try to get pretty rigid as they get older. When really you want to do that in reverse, you want to have the structure, more rigidity when they're younger, discipline, discipleship. But as they're older, those freedoms should come and uh, you, you process within your, your own home. There's so much more we can say about all of this, but I want to get to another controversial issue as if this episode has not been controversial enough, and that's the relationship between the home and the church. You know, um, I think about youth group, right? Youth group and children's ministry are, are wonderful ways of providing spiritual community, but they should never be substitutes for spiritual leadership at home. Um, I pray that we're a supplement, but not a substitute to what's going on at home. But let's just talk about the church, even beyond youth group and student ministry. Uh, what can the church do, Lauren, to really help families to uh, better exercise spiritual leadership? And Fikre, if you have any thoughts as well. Sure. Well, I think, um, you know, I think in our Western culture, we tend to be individualistic, right? Yes as opposed to communal. And I think that can manifest itself in the home too. We think as parents, we need to be everything for our children. We need to be the best model of Christ, but to recognize that God's put us in a bigger, broader spiritual family, yes. that uh, that when I bring my children to kid, Woodside Kids and to youth group and to all of those places, um, and really even to our life group. You know, we attend life group as a family yeah. and that's intentional here yes. at the church so that so that my children can, can watch other people follow Christ yeah. and not just me. They won't be limited then by what I'm limited by, right? Yes. So I think, I think to continually as a church say to, say to all of us, we're in this together yeah. and, and you don't have to be it and yes. everything for your children. Yeah. We wanna strengthen you to lead in your home and to follow Christ. But when you come to this place, there are all the rest of us who are going to be here to point your children to Christ as well. And that's why you're life group director. And that's <laughs> why. All of that was a life group commercial. But no, we are modeling community, uh, spiritual uh, family and community. Uh, Pastor Fickray? I, I think that youth group is uh, just a phenomenal place. You know my affinity for right, youth right. ministry. Um, I, I feel like that's one of those places where they can have the uh, faith community of their peers yes. uh, and that's not guaranteed in their school it's not guaranteed in their neighborhood but when they come to youth group they can have that same faith community no matter where they are in their process of understanding their relationship with christ they that guard is already down it's yes. already prepared this is that space um, and so i think as youth leaders as those who work in youth ministry and come alongside parents to really understand, well, where are those areas at home that we can also address here? Yeah. Uh, where can we, you know, and being responsive to parents, not trying to take the place of parents, but being responsive to the, the different natures of, yeah. uh, of home uh, and understanding that it is incumbent upon us as ministers, as leaders, um, that we should know you know, how to help address some of those things culturally that children, that their kids are going through. Um, because parents, they have lots of other things, you know, to do. It's, it's, it's our responsibility to help um, guide them in that process. Maybe not always do the thing, maybe not always do the addressing or ministry, but equipping parents to be able to do so. Great resources um, that, have, uh, that have come out recently and, and things like that. Uh, but it should always be that, that um, undergirding, the, yeah. the, the structure to help the process of development. Yeah, so hopefully our families see 
the church as a resource and as a partner, but as a spiritual family, we are doing this together. I'll just counterbalance community with your need as an individual to also be fed and watered. Uh, it's hard for us. So much of, of family life is about othering, which is really good, one anothering, if you will, but you also have to make sure that you're watering your own soul and that you're being fed as well. So nothing wrong with you having rhythms in your life where you're getting poured into and you're protecting those rhythms in your life as well. So much we could say. I appreciate you guys joining me today. Before we pray, I do want to encourage you to know that we're going to post some resources as well that will help you in further reading and resourcing around this topic. But please know across each one of our campuses, we have specifically uh, set up staff and team members who can help you as a spiritual leader in your home. So if you're struggling with this, reach out to your campus pastor or your student ministry director or your life group leader, but let someone know, I need help in this area and we would love to wrap our arms around you as you lead your family well. Lauren, would you mind praying for us? I'd be happy to. Lord God, thank you for this opportunity to stop and pause and reflect on uh, the, the joy and the privilege that you've given us uh, to lead our families to Christ. And uh, I pray that you would empower us, everyone listening to this episode right now. Lord, I pray a special power uh, on them through the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray joy uh, in, their, in their task, in their responsibility, in their privilege of parenting. I pray freedom over them, freedom to rest in your grace. Um, that you have for us as individuals. Lord, keep us following hard after Christ so that we can say, follow me as I follow Christ. It's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen. Well, friends, you can catch all the uh, previous episodes of the link on our website or our YouTube channel, but also make sure you stay tuned in. We got some great topics and guests that are planned for the days to come. Until we're together again on the next edition of the link, can't wait to see you then. Have a great day.